DJ Envy, Angela Yee, and Charlemagne the God. Wake, Wake that, that ass up. up. The, the Breakfast Club, Club is on. Right. Yeah. I have to live I'm talking to the Breakfast Club this morning. Okay, okay. I love coming here. I'm never not going to come here. You guys are good to me. In return, I'm always going to be good to you. For a lot of people in the hip-hop generation, The Breakfast Club is where people get the information on the topics, on the artists, and everything like that. In that aspect, radio is still important. The Breakfast Club. When my name come up, respect it. Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ Ambie. Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet. It's Monday. Yes, it's Monday. Back to the work week. Yes, it is. How was the weekend, everybody? Ah, mine was pretty good. Shout out to, um, you know where I took my kids? Where you take your kids? I took them to uh, MetLife Stadium. They're doing like a Jurassic Park dinosaur type of thing where you stay in your car, you drive by, and they have displays of different dinosaurs. They explain the dinosaurs. It was pretty good. My, my kids really, really loved it. That's cute. It was really, really cool. They, they really enjoyed it. My, my daughter was like, you know, Dad, you know one thing? I'm like, what? She was like, you know what made me so happy? I said, what? She goes, when we go to school every Monday, they always ask, what did you do this weekend? And all the kids would be like, nothing, because you can't go outside. Now I got something special to say. So that made me happy as a dad. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. So that was my weekend. What about you guys? Um, I was filming for Damon John. He has this Black Entrepreneur's Day that is going to be airing on Saturday on Facebook and at blackentrepreneursday.com. So actually, I got to finish today. But it was great. They're giving away $225,000 to nine uh, black entrepreneurs. That's dope. That's really, really dope. That is really, really dope. What about you, Charlemagne? I don't remember. I was on edibles. Let me see. Um... I enjoyed the weekend. I was just listening to a lot of new music, you know, catching up on uh, T.I.'s new album, mm-hmm. uh, Libra, which is phenomenal, um, but I'm a mm-hmm. T.I. fan. Uh, Benny the Butcher, Burden the Proof, mm-hmm. another 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 great project that's out there, produced solely by Hit Boy. So, yeah, I was just just zoning out, and I'm reading um, a new, well, not a new book, but it's a uh, Maya Angelou's book. Mm-hmm. What's the name of this book? It I'm is called, it this weekend. It's uh, called Gather Together in My Name. Okay. What's called what? What are you talking no, no, about? Nothing. You're looking at something. That's, that's, I, thought it was, I thought it was another book. That's I thought Nikki that was Giovanni. My, I thought that was Nikki Giovanni's wow. book you were talking about. I thought that was Maya Angelou's You should book. be ashamed of yourself. I didn't see the book. That's what I thought it was. That's why I grabbed it and I looked. No, I ordered Maya Angelou off um, Amazon. Oh, all right. Yes. Well, let's get the show cracking. We got some special guests joining us this morning. T.I. will be joining us. Speaking of T.I., we're going to talk mm-hmm. about that new album, Libra. Mm-hmm. And we got uh, Taraji P. Henson and Tracy Jade will be here this morning. You know. Um, yes, and Jay Barnett. Yes, and Jay Barnett. They have the they have the Boris Lawrence Henson Foundation, which is helping to eradicate the stigma around mental health in the black community. And those are my folks. So it's, it's always a good time to have a conversation about being mentally healthy. All right. Well, we'll get into that next. And we got front page news. What are we talking about, Yee? Coronavirus. The cases are surging. There's only two states that have seen an improvement in the average number of reported cases. All right. We'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Start off with sports. Now, uh, in Major League Baseball, if you're watching baseball, Tampa Bay Rays versus the Dodgers in World Series. Game one is Tuesday at 8. Now, NFL... 
Uh, Denver beat the Patriots 18-12. Steelers beat the Browns 38-7. The Colts beat the Bengals 31-27. The Lions beat the uh, Jaguars 34-16. The Titans beat the Texans 42-36 in overtime. The Giants beat the Washington football team. I don't know why the Giants would win. Just just lose. Just just lose the season. And Washington is so disrespectful. They could have just kicked it and tied the game. They were just like, you know what, we're going to go for two because we're going to beat the Giants. But luckily they didn't, so the Giants did win. Ravens beat the Eagles 30-28. The Falcons beat the Vikings 40-23. The Bears beat the Panthers 23-16. The Dolphins beat the Jets 24-0. Buccaneers watched mm. the Packers 38-10. San Francisco beat the Rams 24-16. And tonight... The Chiefs take on the Bills, and the Cowboys take on the Cardinals. Now, what else are we talking about, Yeezy? All right, well, there's a total of more than 48,000 new coronavirus cases that were diagnosed in the U.S. on Sunday. And there's only two states that are trending downward, Missouri and Vermont. Right now, Wisconsin says they are not uh, giving any numbers Saturday and Sunday because they are doing maintenance and updating their data reporting system. But that's not good news, okay? That means there are 20, um, there are 47 states that are doing, 27 states that saw a spike, by the way, also. So Dr. Fauci was on 60 Minutes, and he was talking about mask wearing and all the issues with that. And he also said he's not surprised that Donald Trump did get coronavirus. Were you surprised that President Trump got sick? Absolutely not. I was worried that he was going to get sick when I saw him in a completely precarious situation of crowded, no separation between people and almost nobody wearing a mask. When I saw that on TV, I said, oh my goodness, nothing good can come out of that. That's gotta be a problem. And then sure enough, it turned out to be a super spreader event. Dr. Fauci also says the White House is restricting his media appearances. During this pandemic, has the White House been controlling when you can speak with the media? You know, I think you'd have to be honest to say yes. I certainly have not been allowed to go on many, many, many shows that have asked for me. Can you understand the frustration that maybe there's been a restriction on the flow yeah. of information and on transparency? You know, I think there has been a restriction, John, but but it doesn't, it, it isn't consistent. You know, the surgeon shouldn't surprise anybody, though. I mean, people are out, people are at work, people are traveling, people are in the clubs, restaurants, kids back in school. No matter how much precautions you take, no matter how much you social distance, wear your mask, I mean, it probably can still spread. It's no vaccine. It's no treatment. So it's bound to happen. The case of surgeon about that. But what do we do from here? Like, do we shut the country back down, in which people lose jobs, businesses continue to close, or I, I think do we long, try to deal with it? I think as long as the hospitals don't get overcrowded, they won't they won't shut things down. I mean, it might have, you know, certain precautions in certain places. Like, you know, you got to be in the house at a certain time. Mm-hmm. But I, if the hospitals don't get overcrowded, I doubt they shut down again. Right, and with Donald Trump and his rallies, there have been uh, surges in cases that are linked directly back to people who are getting them at his rallies. He said that everybody's wearing masks at his rallies, but you can see in pictures that not everybody is. A lot of people actually are not. So it does also start with leadership. Now, Dr. Fauci uh, talked about Donald Trump and America being against wearing masks. He sometimes equates wearing a mask with weakness. Does that make sense to you? No, it doesn't, of course not. Do you have a feeling that there is sometimes an all-out war against science? Oh, yeah, particularly over the last few years. There's an anti-authority feeling in the world, and science has an air of authority to it. So people who want to push back on authority tend to, as a sidebar, push back on science. Yeah, you, you, look, you look really stupid if you won't wear a mask for corona, but you can't wait to wear a mask for Halloween. That's just stupid. 
You know what I mean? You can't wait to put on a mask for recreational purposes, but you don't want to put on a mask to save your goddamn life. I guarantee you there's somebody out there right now complaining about not wanting to wear a mask because of corona, but can't wait to show out for Halloween with some type of damn costume. And Halloween on a Saturday this year? Please. All right. Well, right. That- like Dr. Fauci said, it seems like an anti-authority thing, too. Hmm. All right. Well, that is your front page news. Get it off your chest. If you need to vent, hit us up right now. Maybe you had a horrible weekend, bad weekend, or maybe you feel blessed. Hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Yo, what's up, Envy? What's up, Trav? What's going on? Uh, Chilling, chilling, yee. Hi, Trav. Hey, boo. What's up, babe? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Charlemagne. Peace, sis. What's happening? What's up with you? I am blessed, black, and highly favored, sir. Don't be trying to talk to me now, Charlemagne, because I called you handsome last week, and you just ignored me. You just you read my little post. You read my little message. Didn't say thank you or nothing, because you think you're cute now. That's the problem. <laughs> first of all, first of all, first of all, I know I've been handsome for a long time. That's okay, since lie. 1978. <laughs> all right. Well, you're welcome, Charlamagne. I called you handsome, and you just ignored it. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate you. That's the problem. Ugly <laughs> start getting money. They don't know how to ask. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> it. <laughs> Yeezy, how you been, boo? You just been chilling? I'm pretty good. Yes, sir. Yourself? How's everything going in Philly? Everything going good. Everything going good. Um, you know, can I, can I talk about something real quick, super quick. I'm going to let you go. These weed men have got to stop robbing people, yo. They are charging way too much for apes nowadays. And it's just not the same weed. And they need to do something better. My weed man is like really acting up lately. What I'm about need? to call the cops on. Well, you know what you need to do, Trav? You need to get you, you need to go down to Maryland, get you a medical marijuana card, and start copping your, uh, your, your weed from the dispensaries in Maryland. Well, actually, and stop buying off the street. Well, you can actually get one in Pennsylvania, but the only reason I don't want to get one in Pennsylvania is because if you get a medical marijuana card in Pennsylvania, you can't get a gun license. Yeah, that's what they said in Jersey, too. If you have a license, that you can't have a gun license. That's why I haven't got yeah, my marijuana so, card. Interesting. Yeah, so it's, so, yeah, so it's really between um, either, you know, you want to get a medical marijuana medical marijuana license or a gun license. Well, so well, I think I'd rather go with the gun license. Well, holla, behind ho- my marijuana. Holla at Taylor Gang, then. I'm about to give Taylor something right now. I got some nice medical marijuana I'm about to give... Uh, Fun size T. So she could. Oh, I definitely. Look, I definitely have an eighth, too. Give her something for me. Charlemagne passing drugs around the office now? I don't know. I'm going to hear this. This is legal. Goodbye. What are you talking about? This is medical marijuana. Hello, who's this? Good morning, Angela. Oh, hey, God. Snack Man. We my missed you last week. Like he about to die. Well, you don't hear nobody else morning, in there. You don't speak to nobody else. Your mom ain't teaching no manners. Morning, Angela. What's that, yeah, Snack Man? You got a joke for us? Listen, I got you a new joke, Angela. Here we go. Okay. Guess who Joe Biden is going to be for Halloween? Who? Recount Dracula. Thank you. My God, I can't believe you actually wrote that down. Trash. And you came with a punchline and everything. I can't believe he calls himself a comedian. Like your mind literally said, this is going to kill. Get it off your chest. Wow. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. I'm telling. I'm telling. Hey, what you doing, man? I'm telling. I'm calling call, call you. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad 
or blessed. 800-585-1051. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Hey, what's going on? This is Ben, man. What's up, Ben? Get it off your chest. Hey, first of all, I want to say good morning and salute to the brother Ice Cube. I see what he's doing. I appreciate what he's doing. He's trying to get things for black people. And I also want to say a big shut up to Alicia Garza out there talking about Ice Cube needs mm-hmm. to win the line. No, 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 no. We not listen. We not gonna tell Alicia Garza to set up, shut up. And what we gonna, what, the reason we not gonna do that is because Alicia Garza has been out here with a black agenda for years through Black Futures Lab. And and if you saw the interview with her and Roland Martin, um, her and Cuba are actually gonna be working together on some things as they should. You actually believe that after seeing that interview, after what she said? A hundred percent. I've been following Alicia Garza for years. In fact, Alicia Garza is gonna be on the Breakfast Club this week because she got a book coming out. Alicia Garza. Has I, I've talked about Alicia Garza's black agenda the, throughout the whole primary. Alicia Garza is a beast yeah. who's out here How really doing the work. How you gonna tell somebody to shut up that's been doing this work for as long as she has, even before this pandemic, like for forever? You know, I think I think I think I think I think what we need to take in consideration with Alicia is she gets death threats all the time mm-hmm. because of the way they paint the Black Lives Matter movement. So you know, she doesn't like anybody working with this administration because this administration is is one of the reasons that. You know, her life is always being threatened. So I can understand that. But her and Cuba are going to be working together in the future on the black agenda. And that's what we need. If it's, if it's about us, if it's about black people, everybody that's about black, black people need to be coming together. Absolutely. Period. So we're not going to tell Alicia to shut up. We're definitely not doing that. Hello, who's this? Hey, good morning. This is Jermaine out of Atlanta with Barmaid Vodka. What's going on, y'all? Jermaine, what's popping? Get it off your chest. Hey, nothing much, man. Just want to give positive vibes, positive energy out there. Uh... We just landed our new state. Uh, proud to say we're available in the state of Texas right now. So Congrats. Up on Instagram. Congratulations, King. Appreciate it. We grinding. We grinding. Um, need to send y'all some more product as well, man. Love the show. I'm out. All right, man. All right. Hello, who's this? Hi, good morning, Breakfast Club. Sis T, I hope you guys are well-rested and had a great weekend. Hey, hey I like that positivity. Good morning, How mama. are you, Sis T? I am doing very well. And uh, this morning, you guys always do a rewind before the show starts. And I just want to, and I, you know, really touch my heart again about Breonna Taylor's family. And there is no statute of limitations on murder. Even if someone was brought to trial and found now guilty, if new evidence is brought in, they can be convicted on wrongful death and the people responsible, they can be uh, responsible for like, a lawsuits or, you know, re- you know, restitution. And what my suggestion is that we are always vigilant and stay on it. We should develop a war chest where we're constantly funding money into these types of, of, of causes where no matter when no one's even paying attention, we still constantly have a flow of money while we're investigating and that we always have people, black lawyers, and anybody else who's, who loves justice constantly funding these causes and constantly uh, seeing what can be done to bring people to justice. I remember before you used to be able to see a bunch of people who did this and they're living a nice life. They're in the private sector. They're moving into places where there are a lot of uh, people of color, like nothing happened, you know. They should be flagged just like a sex offender. That's my belief. And not for revenge, just the fact that justice has to be brought to justice. That's all I'm saying on that. True, true. Well, thank you, sis. Thank you so much. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, you can hit us up. Now we got rumors on the way. Uh, Yes, and we are going to be talking about Cardi B. Now she has quit Twitter. We'll tell you what her issue is with people harassing her and her husband on there. All right. We'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club.
Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rooms. Let's talk Cardi B. It's about time. What's going on? Yo, yo. Rumor Report. Rumor Report. This is The Rumor Report. Talk to him. With Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Well, Cardi B has deleted her Twitter account. She's tired of her followers who were criticizing her and who were harassing Offset. Here's what she said. I'm so tired that because of y'all, I got to continuously explain myself. I then put my divorce out there. A court clerk put it out there. And because people were making rumors up, oh, this guy has a girl pregnant, this and that, I had to address it. I'm tired of y'all clocking every thing. Bro, if I work things out, why are y'all going to this Twitter to harass him? That don't make no sense. Like, I love my fans, and I'm thankful, and I'm grateful for everything you do, but some of y'all really be acting like I sleep with y'all. Hey, Cardi, uh, she needs to understand explaining yourself is a choice. Like, you don't have to explain anything to anyone. She chooses to. And if, and if you live for the cheers of social media, you'll die from the booze of social media. Like, social media is just a miserable place. And you know they say misery loves company. Well, social media is where all that miserable company comes together. You just have to take people on social media's opinions with a grain of salt. Like, I watch smart people buckle to the pressure of social media all the time. Stop letting these folks on there dictate what you think, say, and do. Just live. Yeah, but I think with her, she just wanted to clear up some of the rumors that she's been hearing. I guess it just bothers her. You know, things could just bother certain people. It's not going to make All right, stop. now she also talked yeah. about her uh, being seen smoking a cigarette recently, and she said that she's not just stressed about her relationship. Listen to this. And Offset is not the only f-ing problem that I deal with. To be honest with you, my marriage is one of the least worries that I have right now. I'm a pr- You want to know something? I don't have a manager, so I literally have to negotiate my own deals. Now that is a problem. Cardi needs, she definitely needs yeah, somebody definitely uh, needs a manager. helping her hands with the business. Like, she definitely right. don't need to be negotiating her own deal. But she doesn't want to settle, and I'm sure she wants somebody that she can trust and make sure that can manage her career and manage her. So I'm, I'm sure she's looking, and hopefully she'll find somebody. Hey, Rock Nation Online 1, okay? Rock Nation, Rock Nation can always come to the rescue. Jesus. All right, now, Little Yachty reveals on Hollywood Unlocked that he bought the house next door to his new house, and here's what he said. And on the 28th, I actually bought a house next door. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't want, a na- I didn't want no neighbors. I'm going to show you. Nah, I already got the contract. Nah, nah. That's dope. I mean, that's the, that's the way <laughs> to do it. If, if you really don't want no neighbors, you buy the house next to you. I mean, people do it all the time in other communities. They buy the whole block so they have no, no neighbors and they know who's living next to them. I'm not mad at that. Mm-mm. Oh, and that is just funny. There's more property. I mean, so what happens if he, mm-hmm. what happens if he expands and then there's neighbors to that house? Then he tries to buy that house too. I mean, I, I do that in real estate sometimes. If like I try to buy different blocks, and 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 instead of having a two-family house or a three-family house, I try to put up a twenty building. You know what I mean? It's, it's the same thing. If, if you can afford it, you buy the name. You don't right. want it, but you can do it. You can, there's nothing wrong, like you said, buying property. And it's property. Yeah, it's not like it's going to depreciate with value. You can never, you can never lose getting property. Um, sometimes does property property does depreciate in value. We've seen it happen. I mean, you can always do money right. off it. Uh, Fetty Wap uh, is remembering his brother. Tragically, his uh, brother, Tyshawn Depew, was shot and killed on October 15th. He posted on Instagram the two of them together. He said, I failed you, bro. I'm sorry. I keep calling your phone and you won't pick the F up. And that ish never ring three times. Now it's straight to voicemail. I love you, little bro. I really thought I could get you out before I ever had to make a post like this. 
And he also shared some more thoughts. He said, stop asking me, am I okay? No, the F, I'm not okay. I done lost so many N-words that it was almost starting to feel normal. But little brother, man, it feel like 2017 all over again. The same feeling. I know your slogan, don't cry for me, slide for me. I just don't know what I'm going to tell my nephew when he asked me why I make sure you was okay. So Dang, according cool. to reports, he was shot and killed in their hometown of Patterson, New Jersey. He was only 26 years old. They found him with a gun wound to his chest. He was mm. transported uh, to the hospital and was pronounced dead. Damn. Damn. Sorry Damn. to hear that. Rest condolences in peace. to yes, uh, Fetty Wap and his family. Uh, prayers up for that young man's soul. Mm. Damn. Damn it, damn it, damn it. Yeah, so again, our condolences. That is one of the worst things that could possibly have happened, and we're sorry that you're going through that. All right, uh, and I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. We're going to play top of the hour, and I have a huge announcement I'm excited about. We'll get into it now. It's The Breakfast Club, and Front Page News is next. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. October 24th is Black Entrepreneur's Day, hosted by me, Angela Yee. Tune in for the Game Changer Conversations presented by the General Insurance for inspiring conversations between Damon John and black business leaders like Shaq, LL Cool J, Gabrielle Union, Jamie Foxx, and more. Visit blackentrepreneursday.com for more info. All right. <laughs> I've been working on this all summer long. Now, you know, I usually do the car shows. This year, I had car shows in Houston. I had car shows in Detroit. We had a car show in Atlanta, and we had one in New York and New Jersey. We had over 30,000 tickets sold, and we had to give all the tickets back because of COVID. Didn't want to do anything that would hurt somebody. So I came up with this idea. If you ever go to realestate.com or if you go to anything, they have the virtual and interactive tours where you can actually go from room to room. So this is what I put together. Yo, slow down, bro. Your mouth moving too fast. Slow down. Easy with it. Go ahead. <laughs> so what I'm doing, November okay. 28th, I'm doing the DJ Envy Drive Your Dreams Car Show virtual and interactive. Let me explain it. Now play boss. Put a lot into this. So this is what it is. You can imagine over 100 cars, celebrity cars, exclusive cars, old school cars, cars from the paid in full era, muscle cars, cars that are dunks. You can actually see the cars, go all the way around the cars, go inside the cars and check out the cars all through your phone. It's so easy. Your little child can, get, can do it. That's how simple it is. It took a long time to do. We had to get the, the platform together. We had to get the cameras together. But it came out amazing. I can't wait for y'all to see it. November 28th, a full-on car show. In and out. We have the celebrities talking about their cars, explaining the cars. You can go into, let's say you've never been in a Bugatti before. Now you can get in that Bugatti. You can move the Bugatti. It's different things that you can do. Totally, totally, totally dope. Hold on. So you, when you say virtual, you mean like I can treat this like the uh, Avatar ride? At Disney? Almost like that, absolutely. Really? Yes. So I can get I so, can get in the you cars. You can get in the cars. You can spin around the cars. You can see the steering wheel. You can see the stitching. You can get back out. You can get into any car you want. Or you could click a video and you can see the celebrity driving the car, talking about their car, why they bought the car, how much they paid on it, the value of the car, and all that. So I need VR glasses? Now, last time when I came to the phone. car show, you had a lot of celebrities' cars there. So whose cars are in this one? I'm not going to tell you whose cars are there this time, but you can definitely, you'll know whose cars are there. But there's a bunch bunch of celebrity cars there that you can actually now it's not like one of the things where it's the velvet rope you can't get inside no you can get in the car you can see everything in the car if they left a little dime pack in the car you can see that as well whatever's in the car you can see Interesting. virtually from your phone your cell phone your computer and all that 
It, okay. it's, it's, it's simply amazing. It took a long time to figure out, but we figured it out, and it is so dope. I can't wait for you guys to see it. November 28th, tickets are on sale right now. The, the early bird special tickets are $9.99. That's it, $9. So you can go in there, you can and view all the cars all day long. It's just not exotic cars. If you're into the paid-in-full era, like the E30, the 8 Series BMWs, the old Saab convertibles, the Toyotas. Also, we have student cars. So just cars that, let's say you have a Honda and you put money into your Honda is pretty dope. We're going to have cars like that where people get to show off their vehicles as well. This so has that, to be the first of its kind, right? A virtual car show? I think I've, I've never, never seen, heard of, I've never seen anything I've like this. We put this together. Show. And I tried to um, do it so I can own the rights, but I couldn't. They, they denied me. But this is the first virtual <laughs> interactive car show. You can do it on your cell phone. You can do it on your iPad. You can do it on your laptop. It is dope. So, again, click the link in my bio. If you go to my Instagram page right now, I have a little tutorial to show you how it's going to work. And I can't wait for you guys to see it. I've been working on it all summer long, and I'm excited. Well, congratulations. Shout to Lincoln Tech. Shout to Top Gear, Porsche. Uh, shout to the credit dude, and also shout to the floor expert. All those were sponsors. We have so many different sponsors coming in. I just want to say thank you, guys. All right. I can't wait until we get out of this virtual everything era. You and me both. Lord have mercy. Yeah, you and me But congratulations. Both. Thank you so much. So that's November 28th. All right. Now, let's get in some front page news. All right. Ooh. NFL. I don't know why my Giants won. The team sucks. You should have just. We should just go out as losers and just try to get the number one pick. But the Giants beat the Washington Football Team 2019. Ravens beat the Eagles 30-28. The Falcons beat the Vikings 40-23. The Bears beat the Panthers 23-16. The Dolphins beat the Jets 24-0. The Buccaneers beat the Packers 38-10. San Francisco beat the Rams 24-16. Broncos beat the Patriots. Steelers beat the Browns. Colts beat the Bengals. Lions beat the Jaguars. Tonight, the Cardinals will beat the Cowboys. I'm putting it in the air. Why, why are you wishing that on my team? Let my team be 3-3 three and three after the night. Nope. What else are we talking about, Yee? Well, Donald Trump was at a rally in Michigan Saturday night, and he said that he really does enjoy seeing the National Guard respond to protesters in Minneapolis following the death of George Floyd. Here's what he said. Wasn't that beautiful? In Minneapolis, they came in. These soldiers were the most expensive helmets in the history of mankind. You approved them. But they came in, and they had their tear gas, and they had their pepper spray, which the other side doesn't want to use because it's not nice. So they just marched forward, and the whole thing was over. It was like, it was over. I don't know. There's something about that when you watch everybody getting pushed around. There's something very beautiful about it. I don't care what it is. Well, you know whose side Trump is on. And I mean, wow. you know, for him, he paints the narrative of them not being peaceful protesters. There are they're, they're looters who are burning down your buildings and threatening your neighborhood. So, you know, that's why that's why he can, you know, salute the people that are opposing them. Man, that hurts that you think that that is he thinks that that's a beautiful thing to see protesters getting pushed around in the National Guard and the tear gas. You don't have to worry Already about what also- side he's on. His, 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 his people eat it up. His people love it. He also went after Governor Gretchen Whitmer. As you know, she was the target of a right-wing kidnapping plot, and a lot of people, and she feels that Donald Trump also inspires people with uh, the the way that he discusses things, and he says that she, they said she was threatened, and they started uh, chanting, lock her up, and he enjoyed that as well. And Whitmer actually responded on Twitter, this is, this is exactly the rhetoric that has put me, my family, and other government officials' lives in danger while we try to save the lives of our fellow Americans. Now, Donald Trump uh, told a crowd in Macon, Georgia, on Friday, 
what would happen if he does lose the election. Running against the worst candidate in the history of presidential politics puts pressure on me. Could you imagine if I lose my whole life? What am I going to do? I'm going to say, I lost to the worst candidate in the history of politics. I'm not going to feel so good. Maybe I'll have to leave the country. I don't know. This is... That's exactly why I keep telling y'all, though, that owning a legal firearm as a black person in America is a form of self-care. White supremacists, a white supremacist group had a plan to kidnap the governor of Michigan. Kidnap her That's and crazy. kill her. What the hell you think they'll do to your black ass? You better protect yourself. I'm with you. I'm with you 150%. Well, make sure you guys know everything about voting. You know, more than 27 million ballots have already been cast. And so there's different, uh, wherever you live, whatever state you're in, make sure you know when early voting opens for you. A lot of places early voting opens this week, so pay attention. If you can vote early, just make sure you vote. Yes, and voting is great. And But just remember, whichever way it goes, whether Biden wins or Trump wins, it's going to be trouble. It's going to be trouble. It's so you need to protect trouble. yourself. Okay, owning a legal firearm in America is a right Okay, not just own it, but know how to use it. Because I'm telling you it's going down. Yeah, protect your house, protect your family. Absolutely. All right, and that is front page news. Now, when we come back, we got some special guests joining Who us. we got? We got Jay Barnett. Okay. Tracy J. Jenkins. Okay. And, and Taraji P. Henson That's joining right. us. That's right. Uh, they're doing God's work with the Boris Lawrence Henson Foundation to help eradicate the stigma uh, around mental health in the black community. And they're just, you know, uh, t- t- Tracy and Taraji are just two individuals that I, I love to communicate with. So Okay. All right. So we're going to talk to them when we come back. So don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Checking out the world's most dangerous morning show. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got some special guests in the building. Taraji P. Henson, Tracy J. Jenkins, and Jay Barnett. Congratulations to both of y'all on the new talk show on Facebook. Is, is that something y'all envisioned when you first started this journey to get folks mentally healthy, that y'all would have that kind of platform? Well, I never saw a show. First, it was first things first was just to get the help to the people, you mm-hmm. know, eradicating the stigma, going to Congress, getting legislature. That was first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then um, I guess, I don't know how to, I forget how the show came about. Well, well, well you know, Taraji and I are prime friends. First, we talked about doing a digital content piece, and then it grew into, well, we can reach a larger audience and really sit down and talk to real people about real issues. Um and, and really get it out to, to millions. So, you know, that's how it came about. A series of conversations, late night conversations, morning conversations. So we're happy. We're happy we got here. What got you into the mental health space so much, Taraji? Because you are such an advocate for it. Like, what got you into that space and say, I need to help more? Well, I mean, it was personal for me. It was my personal journey searching for therapy for my son and for myself, for our own past traumas and watching him try to maneuver through life becoming a young black man without male figures around because his father was murdered tragically um, when he was young. And then two years later, my father died. So mm-hmm. those are all his males that he looked up to gone, vanished, mm-hmm. just done, dead. And so that's trauma for a young boy, a young man. So, you know, we looking for therapy and it became an issue. So I remember calling Tracy, my best friend. She's dealt with anxiety and I've dealt with that with her my entire life. So we started having conversations and I was like, you know, why it doesn't happen. We can't find any culturally competent therapists because we don't talk about it at home. So we don't even go to school to study it. 
And mm-hmm. so we don't have, and it's hard to find this out here because it's such a stigma. So we started talking about that, and then I brought up my dad and what he went through. And I was like, you know what? With my sister who worked um, for years at a rehab, a drug rehabilitation center, and we just powwowed, the three of us and my assistant, <clears throat> we came up with the foundation, and then we just, it just took off like wildfire. The Boys Lawrence Henson Foundation. Y'all just, y'all just gave out a free round of, uh, of therapy too, right? Exclusively for men? Yes. Mm-hmm. Exclusively for men. Because what we found um, in the first two rounds for the COVID relief that we did um, is that 93% of uh, the people signing up were women and only 7% men. And that, you know, being a mother to a young black male, that touched me and Tracy in a way. And so we wanted to single out the men this time. Mm-hmm. And overwhelmingly, we had to shut it down because it, the, all the slots are full. Everything is wow. amazing. It still is an amazing outcome because they get yeah. five sessions. So it's not just a one hit wonder kind of yes. thing. Yep. And we reached out to like Jay, who's on the line here now. I love and... Jay's hoodie, by the way. <laughs> hoodie hard. Thank you, brother. Now, Jay is a Thank former you, professional football player. He's an author. He's a speaker, marriage counselor, yeah. family therapy associate. Now, how did you get connected with Jay? And, and tell tell the people what you do, Jay. So right now, thank you, DJ, Envy, and Charlemagne, and um, Taraji. So uh, th- this is really a great opportunity. Um, it's, it's a personal thing for me. After football came to an end for me, I'm a two-time survivor of suicide attempts. And so wow. um, I dealt a lot with depression. Um, I'm the son of a pastor. So my family was, you know, let's pray about it. Let's pray about it. And so... For me, I had to really find my own space and really find my own journey because while prayer works, but I do think that there is a capacity where we need to visit the mental capacity of it because the spirituality is so close to the mental health department because you can't get your spirit right until you get your mind right. And so for me, um, therapy helped me to find out the underlying issues to my depression was the trauma that I went through through my parents' divorce. Mm. And so right now, I'm blessed to be a black male therapist associate to really provide therapy not only to so many people that look like me, but to also be an advocate for the young black men. It, it has to be more brothers like us that are talking about it. Because for men, we got to see it. And once we see it, I think there's a level of comfortability that we have to say that, wow, if he's talking about it, because what I want brothers to understand is that Bro, listen, as much as we all think we're invincible and we're Superman, listen, the reality of it is that we're all Clark Kent. So the reality right. of it is that we're trying to find our way through it. You know what I realized, Jay? You know, a lot of times that, that toughness and, and that, that, that acting hard is like a defense mechanism, right? Absolutely. And I think that once we let that veil down and we, 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 get, we collect with each other, mm-hmm. that gives us the strength that we, that we acting like we have. That unity and that group operation, and that makes it easier to be vulnerable. Absolutely. And so through this program, hopefully that these guys can walk away from, with some understanding that their healing is their responsibility. Because we can't change what happened to us, who did it, where it happened, but we do have a great responsibility um, to heal ourselves. I want to talk about the suicide uh, thing that you said earlier. Um, a lot of times, especially young adults, they feel like they can't take it anymore. And suicide is something that they often think about. Even for myself, I've been in a position and I had to think why. And for myself, it was I I wanted to be perfect so bad that when I realized something in my life wasn't perfect, I didn't know how to take it. And I I felt like me not being here would be better off for my family. 
So for, mm. for, so when, when when you came to the suicide, how did you overcome that? Man, that, that's a great question. And uh, also, uh, King, I commend you because, again, we don't really talk about these low moments as men. Because when you look at suicide, right, and a lot of us black men struggle with this. We're, 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 we're constantly in this performing phase. Mm-hmm. Yes, where sir. everything is based on performance and we're trying to prove ourselves. Yes, sir. And perfectionism is really attached to a place where either we didn't receive grace or we wasn't really embraced when we did fail, so we feel we have to be perfect. So for me, I only knew football because for me, football was just a coping mechanism. Every time I was on the field, every guy, I, visual, I saw them as my father. Mm. And so for me, when... I no longer had this coping mechanism. And as we do as men, when we can no longer identify ourselves through what we do, we feel like failure. And so now I have to deal with this pain in a real way. And the suicide is oftentimes is that most people are not trying to end their lives. They're trying to end the pain. Yeah. And so my second attempt was a drug overdose and I actually survived. And when I pulled through this thing, I realized, okay, I've done this twice. So there must be a real purpose for me because I wanted so bad to be like my father. That's all I wanted. What pulled me through is that one day the therapist asked me, if you would have succeeded in your suicide attempt, what would have changed? Mm. Working through that. And so she allowed me or he allowed me at the time to really have an understanding that once I addressed the pain, it gave me a new perspective out on life. Because really, when you get in therapy, all we do uh, as clinicians is we join with you is that my my objective is not to give you the answers, but it's to allow you to discover the answers and discover the power that you already have. That's right. All right, we got more with Taraji P. Henson, Tracy J. Jenkins, and Jay Barnett. When we come back, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Taraji P. Henson, Tracy J. Jenkins, and Jay Barnett. Charlemagne? You know, um, Jay, you know, you and Envy touched on something. Imperfect people should not be held to a perfect standard, right? And you Absolutely. being a pastor's son, do you think that caused added pressure to you? Oh, man, Absolutely. He, he was the pastor of a, uh, of a large church. So pastor's kids, man, you're scrutinized. You're on a microscope. I'll never forget, man. And this was traumatizing. I was in elementary, and I, I used to beatbox. And I was beatboxing, and one of the teachers said, I'm going to tell your dad that you're beatboxing. This is a sin. I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> this is a sin. <laughs> so, so here I am. I'm traumatized because now... You know, I grew up in an era where, you know, we, we couldn't watch BET. You know, I didn't watch BET until I was, what, like, ninth grade, you know what I mean, until mm-hmm. my parents were divorced. So all of these different expectations, man, you know, that was attached to And that right there really drove me, you know, to a place where I'm like, dude, I, I can't live this life, man. Right. Taraji and Tracy, I want to ask y'all both a question. How in the hell do y'all deal with us trauma-filled men? And, and, and how do sisters create a safe space for us to be vulnerable? Woo, who want to go first on that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna let you talk first. <laughs> um, well, what I what I have learned because before I was like, get yourself together, whatever it is, go fix it. Come back when you got it all together. We can build together, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then once I started to look at what love really is, like the definition of love for me, 
And love is the desire to understand, mm-hmm. right? And um, if you are going in, into your conversations, into your questioning with the desire to understand, then I think you're, you are creating a space for that black man to be able to really open up to you. But if you're going in with your own predetermined notions, you know, what you're trying to get out of the conversation, what you want him to say or do or fix, you know, I find that 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 was harder to, to be able to make that connection with him. So mm-hmm. my driving point is go in with the desire to understand. If you say you love him. What about you, Taraji? It's about an understanding. So if you go into it knowing that no one is perfect with uh, with an understanding of trying to build a foundation of trust where we can both be our vulnerable selves. Well, we don't have to send a representative because I trust if I fall, you're going to catch me. Mm-hmm. Those are things you build, but you can only build them if you know, if you have, are, if you are actively dealing with your trauma. And, and a lot of times it's difficult. And I'm dedicated to the black man, y'all. I just turned 50 and. Wow. And I haven't said it yet, but it didn't work out. You know what I mean? And. Mm-hmm. And I tried. I was like, therapy, let's do the therapy thing. But if you're both not on the same page with that, then you feel like you're taking it on yourself. And mm-hmm. that's not a fair position for anybody to play in a relationship. My my happiness is not his responsibility, and his hap- is, is not mine. We have to first learn how to make ourselves happy, to make each other happy. And yes, you want to be understanding, but you can't lose yourself in that understanding. First of all, I want to say That's happy why birthday. It's just happy. so yeah. difficult. Happy belated. It's difficult. We seen you on oh, that thank yacht, you. and you did not look. <laughs> when you said you were fifty, we couldn't believe it. We, you, I said, maybe. yeah, I didn't even think about <laughs> it. I was I like, saw, no I saw you put that on Instagram. I was like, fifty. And I was like, God. no way. I, I can't believe it. I had to say it out loud because I still can't believe it. Now let's go back to the topic about love. The, the bad thing about with, with when you talk about love, I think most people don't know what love is when you start out, right? Because mm-hmm. when I started out early and you know me and my wife been together since we were 16 17 you say i love you but at 16 17 i don't i didn't know what that meant at, at that age you ain't doing nothing but sharing trauma that's it right you just say i love you because you think it's the thing to say but you don't necessarily understand what that is and until you understand it then you could be a better man you know because mm-hmm. when we started this show Charlemagne and, and i were the worst lord have mercy we were horrible but we grew, I think, just together. Not together, together, but we grew together. <laughs> we healed together. We healed. we healed together. But, <laughs> but, you know, I laugh. You know, we joke with each other all the time, but I'm glad it was him because he was healing the same time I was healing and we were able to talk about it. Because a lot of times, you know, we go to the barbershop and we could talk about LeBron. We could talk about the Knicks. Uh, we could talk about sports. We could talk about this girl and that. But we never talk about We ain't talking about the, them heart issues. That's right. That's right, which which no. we need to do more of. That's why I love what yeah. you guys are doing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because that's yeah. the only way we're going to heal our relationships. That's and, the only way. And, and all of my relationships started looking the same like two broken people trying to pick up the pieces. And, you know, without that that middle beat, that connector, that therapy, the one that's going to ask you the tough questions, the one that's going to make you hear yourself in that room. Mm-hmm. And that's why therapy is important, because you need yeah. an objective opinion. Your friends ain't it, baby. 
therapist. <laughs> Taraji, now when you say things didn't work out, did y'all try to make it work? I ain't telling, I'm not going into that. Okay. <laughs> Wait, say that. What you do? Cause see, what, what you not going to do is have my day filled with damn bloggers. True, 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 true. true. That's trauma right there. going on in my personal life, all I'm saying is relationships take work. Yeah. And it takes both sides to really be there. It's selfless. Sometimes you got to sit on it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can't take it to him. Sometimes you got to take it to the therapist and work it out first. That's why it is so important. Man, you know, uh, my yeah. therapist told me that healed people hear differently. And, like, I've been, I've been with my Very wife different. for 23 years, so I can think of times she said things to me, and it was just my ego responding. And now mm-hmm. as I'm older, the things she says to me, I'm responding from a different place. You know what I mean? It's, it's, I'm not, I don't have a wounded ego anymore. I have a, 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 a healed ego. I'm getting to a place of healing. So I hear things differently. And I think that's, that's, that's a, a struggle in relationships sometimes. Because we think people are yeah. against us when they're not. Yeah. And then not only that, you hear things differently. You don't even have the same arguments. Yeah. Some things just, you're just not even going to argue about anymore because it's like, I've done the work. So I, that's not going to trip me up no more. I'm praying that black men and women can sit down just like this and have some real conversations that may be relevant to your own situation. Um, you might learn something when you hear about other people's challenges and how they address them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my prayer. And, and, and I think we're heading in that direction. All right, we got more with Taraji P. Henson, Tracy J. Jenkins, and Jay Barnett. When we come back, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Taraji P. Henson, Tracy J. Jenkins, and Jay Barnett. Charlamagne? Well, Jay, I want to ask you a question. How, how important is it to have culturally competent people in, in, in the mental health space as mental health care workers? Well, it, it, it's, it's important, man, because uh, when you have competent people, they understand the level of care that people need. And also you understand how to provide that level of care to them. And I think it's important, especially right now, because even as a man, I know for myself, my, my therapist was white. And and it was un, it, it was a bit uncomfortable because I knew he did not understand the plight that I had as yeah. a as a black man. And for me, when a young black boy comes into my office, they're like, oh, my God, man, I can't wait to sit and talk to you. And there's a level of comfortability that they have to just open up. But then there's this safe space because many times as men, even when it comes to women, we're a bit apprehensive because if I become vulnerable in this space, I'm not sure what you're going to do with this information if I share it. If I divulge this, because even for me personally, I don't want to be emotionally blackmailed, meaning that I'm going to share this information with you and it can possibly come up in another conversation where you use it against me, especially in this time. It is emotionally exhausting for black people altogether. Every day you turn on the news, it's something, you know, whether it's uh, 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 losing George Floyd or the Breonna Taylor. And then now we got to deal with the election and you got to deal with your emotions about who do I vote for? I mean, it's just so much that we've had to deal with this year. Hey, Tracy yeah. and Taraji, I'm telling y'all right now, I'm getting Jay's number before we get off this um, this Zoom. Because he, he's speaking to my spirit this morning. Because it's something he said yeah. just now. Because I'm sitting there thinking about, and I, and I just stuff I talked to my therapist about, like, everything that I was taught when I was young, like, especially from my fathers and my uncles, like, only the strong survive. 
So if I wasn't strong, I wasn't going to survive. And that's why we wear that for so long. And then you get to a certain age and you realize, man, don't none of that serve me no more. If, if I, I have to not be strong in order to survive. But I, this is what I want to get to my people. The strength is in the vulnerability. Yeah. Not this. It's yeah. in the vulnerability. That's where your strength lies. Because when I see a man amped up like this all the time, I see fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see mm-hmm. fear. I see a facade. I see a broken human. And mm. I, oh, I just mm. want to hug him because you don't scare me. You look like a big old broken baby. Mm. And you need to go get healed. Yes, and that's just how I'm looking at him. Therapy works. That's all I'm going to say. And you need it. You got to have it. And there are other things you can do as well. Like I, I'm a meditation uh, teacher. I got certified recently. And that, that for me has been the thing that I can do to self-regulate until I get to, to my therapist, you know. Um, Charlemagne, when you started talking about walking out on the on the grass, on the ground, right? Barefoot. To get some of your, your healing, which is called grounding. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And it's an actual thing. And I was just kind of reading the comments to see how folk would. I was so annoyed. <laughs> I am so proud of you, brother, for just sharing what you know is going to be some pushback to. You know, mm-hmm. you you know our people might be like, ah, what's all that hoodoo, foodoo you got going on, boy? <laughs> but, but I think but it's also his nasty-ass feet, too, because his feet I just, I feet had just got a pedicure. <laughs> I had just got a pedicure. You crazy. I love it. I love it. And, Jay, what you just shared, man, about safe spaces and... Yeah. We also have to pull the family up in here mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. when a family member is going through something, right? And what we do as family members is, you know, we either shut him out, you know, he could have been on drugs or, you know, or whatever his situation was. We shut that man out so fast and don't even look beyond what our influence is. Because we don't get that we're influencing his next move. That's right. Man, Tracy, there's so many men that love their wives, but they're not vulnerable with their wives because they don't trust their wives. And for, for trust, trust looks different for men. So most women trust, you know, as you're not going to cheat on me or, you know, hurt me. But men, that level of trust is always with our emotions because that's our most prized possession. When a man open up to you emotionally, he is laying it on the table. That's right. And if you take that and you use it against him, you will never get that man to speak again. That's right. And so, I, and that's why you, you're right, Tracy, when men are shut out, and even when I've heard women, you know, uh, uh, verbalize that if a guy showed too much emotions, oh, hey, girl, he too weak, he too, you know what I mean? He, it's like, yeah. now you're telling this man to be emotionless. So don't be surprised when you have this promiscuous behavior, when you have this misogynistic uh, behavior or personality, and you have this destructive male because he has nothing to do with his emotions but to exercise it through his behavior. So mm-hmm. for DJ Envy and for Charlamagne, bro, I commend both of you just for being open. And just even DJ, for you saying that you both went on a journey to heal as yeah. in the- yeah, that's I don't think I've ever heard that. I don't think I've ever heard a man say that. Yeah, we didn't do it on purpose. Like, it wasn't something that we planned out. But it was good because what I was going through is good to have somebody on your side that's not going to laugh at you and make fun of you. But when yeah. sometimes he does, but it's not to disgrace you, but it's to 
make light of it and to help you out. And I do the same thing with him. Like, I can sit there and say his feet look crazy, and he doesn't take it as, oh, my God, Envy's making fun of me. It's like, all right. Because I know my feet didn't look crazy. See? I just got a pedicure, so I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't even bother. Why are you holding on to that? So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. That's Let it go, even, bro. That's Let not even go. a trigger for me. I know my feet have looked look amazing. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, do y'all think the overwhelming impact of, of coronavirus and this whole pandemic and, and, like, all the civil unrest we see in the street, do you think that's been pushing more black people to embrace healing and therapy? Absolutely. I'm hearing the, I'm hearing the young rappers switch up the, what they's rapping about. Mm-hmm. So they are becoming conscious, which means something's happening. A shift is happening. We're not saying sleep. Something's happening consciously. Cosmic um, consciousness. And, mm-hmm. Yes. And the fact that we opened up, the um the therapy to men and it's going really really well something is happening and this is all this is what i always wanted to do through this foundation is to reach men because the mental health journey started with my father you know vietnam vet coming back from war traumatized and all messed up on the insides from being experimented on agent orange all of that and I love black men so much. I just want us to be, I, it hurts when relationships don't last. I'd love to see black love and I want to see more of it. I want to see our relationships last and make it. You know why? Because our kids need it. That's right. Our yeah. kids need both of the parents in the household. I wouldn't wish being a single fam, single parent on my worst enemy. It's the worst way to raise a child. It's yeah. not normal. And, and you, you hit on something really important, Taraji, because... As the black man is healing himself, he's healing the family. That's right. You know, and we're breaking that cycle. Well, yeah. how, how can we get more information? If people want more information about what you guys are doing, how can they get involved? And how can they see your show? Give them all the information. Well, they can go to uh, BorisLHensonFoundation.org. That's our website. And if anybody is looking for a, a therapist or, or interested in yoga or any other um, sort of form of healing, we have a resource guide. Um, and if you go to our website, website you'll be able to, to click on there. And if you are out there and you're a supporter and you want to help us continue this cause, which we think is dire, um, you can always text um, to our website, No, I'm sorry, to our No Stigma campaign. So you just text No Stigma to 707070 to support. Absolutely. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you, Taraji. Thank you, Jay. Thank you, Taraji. Thank you guys so much. And we should do this more often. Just have these conversations. So whenever you guys need to call in, call us in. Yes, do it. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela E. Charlamagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, shout to the General Insurance. They want to pay your bills. Win $1,000 towards your expenses. Thanks to our partner, The General. Get a lot for a literal at The General Insurance. For coverage you deserve at prices you can afford. Visit thegeneral.com today. Go to thebreakfastclubonline.com to enter and get rules. Now, let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Ryan Henry. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Well, last week we played you some audio from Ryan Henry from Black and Crew Chicago's best friend, Anthony Lindsay. Anthony Lindsay says that Ryan Henry was sleeping with his ex, who's the mother of his child, for over a year and a half. Here is a recap of Anthony Lindsay. If it happened once, say y'all was drunk, you don't know what happened. Even twice, and y'all, after that second time, we knew we were wrong, and we hated it happen. I would have been willing to like work through that, but you guys had sex probably like, like over twenty times a year and a half. 
All right, now Ryan Henry has since confirmed that this did indeed happen. That was true. There were situations where that happened uh, almost about two years ago, and then more recently, within the last like two months. Um, but one big part about that is that, you know, myself and all the parties involved, you know, we had talked. Yeah, so just to be clear, I'm not the victim in this. Everybody else who surrounds me was. This particular moment is definitely not about me. Um, it's about me apologizing publicly. Like, I've apologized to Anthony. We we talked. We talked a lot after this happened. Yeah, I mean, All it's right foul. Now. It's absolutely positively foul. Ryan had also said that a dep- his depression played a role in how he handled the situation, and it kept him from reciprocating within his friendship with his best friend and influenced him keeping that a secret, but he does take responsibility. Now, the other person involved, the third party, Nina Marie, she has now spoken out. She is Anthony Lindsay's um, child's mother, and she posted pictures of herself with marks on her body looking like uh, she was injured. And she said, I decided in the beginning of this year that I was going to touch on some experiences I've gone through in honor of Domestic Violence Awareness Month. But with everything else that has transpired, it has overshadowed my true intentions and shedding light on the things that have happened in the past six years involving Anthony and I. She also posted a video and said this. Shedding light on my relationship with Anthony. Just so you guys can see who you're lifting up, because this person is not exactly the best person in the world. He's not so innocent out there and so i wanted to also make that very clear but to begin i just wanted to take accountability for what i've done um in no way shape or form was it right um i don't feel as though it is something that i should have done you know i was selfish i wasn't thinking i I didn't really care i wish i could curse on the radio i mean i don't understand why all of this is public it's not like they can unf each other like why did all of this come? I mean, I, I guess the best friend put all... it out because I mean, huh? I guess the best friend put it out because well, I'm sure Ryan wouldn't, and she wouldn't. So, right. She also posted. She said March would mark the last yeah, and final like time that. I would experience his abuse. His abuse. That time I was completely incoherent and woke up out of that incoherence to being choked to the point where I fall in and out of consciousness for two weeks. It was hard. It would hurt to swallow. What I came on here to say is that no matter what kind of hold or power a man or woman has over you, this is not acceptable. The person that I trusted to protect me and love me ended up intentionally hurting me. And she goes on to say this. Anthony and I were never married. I was never engaged even to him. We held a relationship. It lasted for maybe three years for the first I guess maybe six to eight months of us dating, it was perfect. And then, you know, I began to see who he was as a person, um, abusive, let's just put it there. What I did was wrong and I take full responsibility for it, but this person is dragging it to be something that it's, you know, way bigger than the pile of things that he's done to me. Hey, I'm going to be honest with you. At first, I was like, okay, who cares? But now I'm all in. What the hell is going on here? So let me explain this to me. So somebody... Wait, hold on. Let me get you one last thing now. Anthony responded to her accusations of domestic violence and and said this. Yeah, I'm good. I'm real good. She didn't have bruises on her face. If you read the police report, I'm driving a car. She takes a bag, hit me in the face with the bag. I'm driving. We in traffic. She going crazy. I'm holding her like this by her chest with my hand like that. They asked me if I wanted to press charges. I refused to press charges. Okay. So, all right. And I'm just catching up to this T. Oh, so, boy. Ryan slept with his his man's girl. And yes. He's ma- also the godfather of their son. And then his man's Ryan. girl flips it and says, no, but he, this, 
the other brother used to beat me. The brother? No. The bro- that was, that was his black. best friend. Yeah, the brother yeah, like black. Damn, you. Okay. Wow. Come on, you. Because it's confusing. Yes, yes. Wow, yeah, it's so, confusing. So she said, yes, the baby father beat me. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So right. what that got now to do with her sleeping with Ryan? She basically said say he's not a good guy because everybody's trying to lift him up. Oh, that's so effed up what you did. You beat cancer. And he's saying he's not that good of a person. Like, he beat me. That's what she's saying. And then he posted some text messages between himself and Nina Marie, his child's mother, where she is, uh, you know, I guess still speaking to Ryan. And he says, the fact that you talk to him, I can't talk to you. And she's explaining herself. And he said, this is her guilt. And all of these people are on Black Ink Crew, right? He's on, Who's Ryan's on, on Black and Crew Chicago. This is just his best That's friend in real life. Friend. So it made, it made story because it was his best friend. Oh, so this ain't no good guy. I'm sitting there wondering why the cameras ain't rolling. No, this is no, great no, content. No, no, Maybe no. it will be. Who knows? But anyway, that is your rumor report. I'm Angela Yee. All right. Thank He's you. He's going to leave us with you. that? Where That's, he at now? Yes. That's the story? I don't know. <laughs> Tune in next Tune week. In next, Tune yeah. in tomorrow. next week. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Now, Charlamagne, who are you giving that donkey to? Uh, I need a young man named Nuke Bizzle to come to the front of the congregation. His real name is actually Frontrell Antonio Baines, but his rap name is Nuke Bizzle. And he is just the latest in a long line of people who will be going to jail for unemployment fraud. We'll talk oh about it. All right, we'll get to that next. Another th- cautionary tale. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. You get donkey at a date. You dumb ass. You get donkey at a date. You dumb ass. You I'm a fat and all that shit around your eyes. They want this man to throw them blows, man. They wait for Charlemagne to tap these gloves. Let's go. They had to make a judgment of who was going to be on the donkey of the day. They chose you. Yes. The Breakfast Club, bitches. Who's donkey of the day today? Yes, donkey of the day for Monday, October 19th goes to a young man named Fontrell Antonio Bates. Okay, he's 31 years old and resides in Los Angeles via Memphis, and he's a rapper. A rapper that I never heard of until this weekend. And if the first time you are hearing about a person is because they are receiving Donkey of the Day, just know that probably is never a good thing. Now, his rap name is Nuke Bizzle. Ring any bells for you, Envy? No. Anybody out there bumping that new Nick Nuke Bizzle drum that's hot in your parts? Never heard of him. Okay, okay. Uh, well, Nuke Bizzle, ladies and gentlemen, is just the latest in a long line of people who are going to jail for unemployment fraud this year. Now, I know we've been keeping track of all the COVID-19 cases in America this year, but we also need to be keeping track of all the unemployment fraud cases that have been happening. Okay, see, this is what I don't understand about the folks that are defrauding uh, people under the CARES Act. Y'all do realize what y'all doing is a crime, right? This is not the blessing you've been praying for. All right. You know how we say everything happens for a reason? Very true. But sometimes that reason is simply because you made a poor choice. And Nuke Bizzle absolutely made a poor choice. A couple poor choices. See, Nuke Bizzle was arrested after applying for more than 1.2 million in jobless benefits and using stolen identities in a scheme to fraudulently obtain unemployment insurance benefits. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I have to applaud this man for aiming high. Give him a little round of applause, just a little bit. I said, stop, stop, stop. Okay. Uh, uh, uh. See, here's the thing. Uh, All of you who have participated in unemployment fraud, you're going to jail. Okay? Doesn't matter if you got 1 million or 10,000, they coming for you. I'm telling you. Doesn't matter if you got that money and bought a Bentley or got that money and bought a single wide trailer. You're going to jail. They coming to lock your ass up at some point. So if you're going to take a penitentiary chance, you might as well shoot for the moon. 
And that's what Nuke Bizzle did with this $1.2 million that he applied for. Now, Nuke Bizzle couldn't just be content with getting this money. No, not in this era, okay? In this era, the crime isn't official until you get on social media and alert the feds about it, okay? FBI stands for Facebook, Instagram. And because of you fools, y'all, y'all need for digital validation, because of you fools' incessant desire for likes and retweets, y'all make the feds' job so Oh, easy. Okay, but it wasn't just social media and the internet that got Nuke Bizzle jammed up. See, Nuke Bizzle, as I told y'all, is a rapper. I repeat, Nuke Bizzle is a rapper. Let's go to CBS LA for the report, please. The Department of Justice says a rapper who bragged in a music video about getting rich from an unemployment scam is now facing federal charges. According to a criminal complaint, 31-year-old Fontrell Antonio Baines exploited the pandemic unemployment assistance provision of the federal coronavirus act. He applied for more than $1.2 million in jobless benefits. Federal officials say right now he lives in Hollywood Hills, and in a video, he bragged he's going to get stacks of these while holding up envelopes from EDD. A second man in the video raps, quote, you gotta sell cocaine, I just file a claim. If convicted, <laughs> Baines faces up to 22 years in federal prison. <sighs> Those are some bars. Yes, what? <laughs> God and Aaron Magruder have the same sense of humor. This is why we need the boondocks back, but I often wonder if the boondocks, uh, well, when the boondocks comes back, how will they compete with the most absurd things that usually are reserved for storylines on the boondocks are actually happening in real life? Okay, this guy, Nuke Bizzle, applied for $1.2 million in unemployment benefits. Blatant unemployment fraud. And then turned around and made a song about it. Yes, a song called EDD, Nuke Bizzle, featuring Fat Wither. Would you like to hear it? Here it yes. goes. I done got rich, I'm an EDD. I ain't hit no more licks of the EDD. And just last night I was telling me, and I just woke up to 300 G. Go sit the K off of SBA. It's time to ball like the NBA. 10 cars, I'm swimming 10K a day. Counting the bills of the CPA. You got to sell cocaine. I can defile a claim. Rats coming straight to the bank. I'm doing this shit you can't. Bugging no smarter you ain't. EDD scale and they tell that you heard about. I be so happy to certify. Mm. Get on that laptop, I'm working out. Mm. 25 classes for wow. It's changed my life and I got it immediately. Okay. I swear I done had it in a minute. You mean to tell me I can just wait on the email and get certified for a 20? Damn, did it hurt better than dinner? Y'all turn me to a scam or quickly. I was just stuck in the cell. Now I say, bet wait on urgent. I am. Now, I kind of like this song. I like that, too. I thought, I, saw, I like that song. Yeah. I kind of like this song. Yeah, that's the problem. Grown-ass adults who know better saying that they like songs like this. It's no longer erectile dysfunction. surgery at work, What you say, Uncle Ruckus? There is powerful niggardry at work, here. One more time, Uncle Ruckus, for the people in the back. There is powerful niggardry at work, here. Kids, I'm so sorry. I am so sorry, kids. I'm so sorry that we made y'all believe you really had to be living the things you rapped about. I I wish more rappers told y'all that they was just performing and they was just trying to make some money. All right? There was a period in my life where I really wanted and loved when my rappers were doing the things they were talking about. But that was ignorant of me. Okay, if rappers actually did just 30%, just 30% of what they rapped about doing, they would all be in prison or dead. Okay? This new generation didn't get the memo that majority of these rappers was all cap. 
Now they're busy trying to lead two lives, trying to serve two masters. They want to rap and live a life of crime. And when you try to do both, you end up like Nuke Bizzle, okay? Facing three federal charges. And if convicted of all these charges, uh, Baines, Nuke Bizzle, will face a statutory maximum sentence of 22 years in federal prison. Y'all still like the song? song it's is, a good song. song is popping. Okay. We're not gonna I don't play. have nothing to do with it. song is good or not. Nuke Bizzle. We're not going to play Guess What Race This Is? Please let Remy Ma give Nuke Bizzle the biggest hee-haw. Hee-haw, hee-haw. You stupid motherfucker. Are you dumb? Are they white? I have one question. Mm-hmm. Where is Fat Wizzle? If Fat Wizzle was featured on this song, did Fat Wizard get Are locked up Are you trying to get someone else arrested? Inquiring minds. Well, oh, I'm trying to get them arrested? Forget the song that's got over a million views on YouTube. And forget the $1.2 million in, uh, in, in, in unemployment fraud that they tried to get. I'm trying to get them arrested. I got rich off of EDD. Hey. Hey. <laughs> rich off of EDD. All right, niggers. That powerful niggardry at work, huh? Mm-hmm. All right. All right, well, thank you for that donkey of the day. Mm-hmm. How'd you get this song? Can you send it to me? Where is Fat Wizard, though? Seriously. I don't know where Fat Wizard is. Yeah, Fat <laughs> He's getting low right Fat now. Fat Wizard, you got anything you want to say? <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. All right. Thank you for that, sir. Fat Wizard, don't pop up now. Talking about They were talking about you on The Breakfast Club. Now, you get low. Stay low. Delete all your social media pages and everything. That's okay? right. All right. Now, when we come back, T.I. will be joining us. We're going to kick it with T.I. when we come back. Mm-hmm. So don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. You're checking out the world's most dangerous morning show. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest on the line right now. His album is out right now. Yes, sir. T.I. Yo. Welcome, sir. What's going on, bro? Tip, I think you done done it again, man. <laughs> I, 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 I f- with the Libra album, Heavy Man, and, and and right now my favorite record on the album is Family Connect with, with you and Damani. I gotta say, man, I was shocked and surprised in the, I mean, in, in the most pleasant ways, man, I think that that that's the song. And you know what? I can honestly say that's a song I don't think hip-hop has ever seen before. I was thinking about that when I was listening to it. I was like, has there ever been a father-son rap duo? Well, that both what of them are actually dope. Will did it at one time, didn't he? Will and Jaden. Yeah, yeah. Will, Will did it with Jaden, but what we also must take into consideration is my other son actually produced the record. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Did the beat. I didn't know that. Oh, so it was a real family yeah. affair on that one. Yeah, yeah. Did you yeah, have to pay them, yeah. Tip? Did you have to pay them, T.I.? Yeah, I paid him. I paid him. I paid him. I wouldn't I, be mad I, if I didn't. I wouldn't be mad. Yeah, I know. I mean, you know, nepotism. You know, you know, it's a little taste of nepotism. He did. They live in the house. You, you, together, or did you send your verse over, and then Damani had to send his verse back? How did that work? No, nah, man, you know, the way it actually happened, bro, um, Damani and I was sitting with Messiah, as Messiah was like, yo, let me, let me let y'all hear something. So he was just going through beats, kind of like, you know, after a while, it probably was a time where I had been, been a, I had been gone away, like out of town for a second, mm-hmm. and I came back. And then you know what I'm saying, Kelly. We sat down at the at the studio, and Messiah, you know, wanted basically as as the money and I kind of like, man, let me just try to check this out for me. And we listening to his beats, and kind of like we like, yeah, that's dope, that's dope, okay. The money, yeah, like man, I want that one, and I said, man, I want that one. And one of the records that I chose, and then I. 
coincidentally had to dip up out the studio to go do something. And when I, I think by the time I came back, the money had already recorded a verse. Mm. I was like, oh, trying to take this record from me. <laughs> and I, when I heard him do his verse, when I came back, I figured, I better put my verse on here now. So, you know, ain't no confusion about who gonna have this record. And so I got, I, I got on it. And it was dope. Y'all had such a but dope it, back and forth, though. And it's like I'm sitting there thinking on the song, he's rapping about how, you know, you are his daddy, but he don't want to, you know, he don't want your help. So I'm like, damn, what was the process of this record then? Because it sounded like y'all was, co- you was coaching him on the record. Nah, bro. Like, he did, his, he did his verse by himself. I did my verse by myself. Every verse, like, we were never in the studio with one another wow. while we were recording our verses. Do you ever think you were going to be a professor? I see you're teaching at Clark Atlanta University. Did, <laughs> did you ever see that as everything that you went through, that I'm going to be a professor, that I'm going to be a, a teacher? No, but I was a teacher first in prison. I taught class in prison. Did you? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What class yeah, did you yeah. teach in prison? Uh, What was it? Thinking Outside the Box, I believe it was called. You what is that saying? about? Man, it was about how to use, I was, I was showing people how to use the skills that they've already acquired on the streets, how to use those skills and, and identify those skills and purpose them uh, for legitimate means when they got back out on the streets. And that's the most f***ed up thing about the, about the whole correctional system, right? They don't take these skill sets that these brothers clearly have and right. help, to utilize, help, to, help them to direct their energy to something positive. Right. Well, first of all, I mean, I think because that's the system that's set up for free labor, it ain't really about rehabilitation. Now, what are you teaching in this class at the Clark Land University? Is it the music industry? Is it business? Is it entrepreneurship? Yes, yes, Is yes. It fatherhood? And if they need to know that, we can, we can talk about it. But however, I think, nah, man, it's the business of trap music. That's the course. Mm-hmm. And um, and basically, we go over the business of trap music, but the first course was about targeting the need for the business of trap music. Gotcha. Any business is supply and demand, profit and loss, Right. But in order to supply a demand, you gotta you gotta recognize the need for the demand. Of the, you know, the, like why is this so important in the mm-hmm. first place? Do, do, do you think people forgot how influential you were to trap music because you diversified your portfolio so much? Yeah, absolutely. I think the same thing for hip hop. Mm-hmm. That's why whenever people do these lists, I don't ever put myself on the list because. There's so many other people who dedicated their lives to only just rap, to just do rap. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that's that's kind of why they get the consideration first. And I ain't got no problem with that. But just, but just know at any given moment, any given time, I'm going to remind you why, why, why I am who I am and, and remind you that I do what I do. Yeah, because every rapper's not out there with, with a rifle shooting at monsters. And Monster Hunter. Now you got you got to talk about Monster Hunter. I seen Monster well, you Hunter. Out of me just then. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, like, what video was out there? Me shooting. Man, what are you talking about? What are you seeing? <laughs> <laughs> For a new movie that you're doing, Monster Hunter. Right, now talk about this movie because this, you know, when the movie starts, it's like you guys in the military, and then all of a sudden monsters start popping out of all types of places, and you shooting monsters, you running from monsters. Talk about yeah. this movie a little bit. Uh, well, first of all, it's an adaptation uh, from a video game. The film is about you know a platoon of military team that's responding to another team disappearing, right? 
So they going back to the last place that this team was seen. Right. And when they do that, it's kind of like they follow a, a, a track, some, uh, some tire tracks to a point where the tire tracks just disappear. And so, you know, we right there, we're looking for, you know what I'm saying, we're looking for the team, and then all of a sudden, we see a storm coming. We think it's a storm, but it's really a, 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 a portal to another dimension. Wow. Wow. I, I want to go back to the people who were disrespecting you a little bit, Tip. When you when you challenged 52 of verses, some people were saying Tip tripping, and then when you said you had five classic albums, people said you were tripping. Did that response put a fire under you for that for this album? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. For me to talk about myself and how it affected me, you know, that's I just feel like that's self gratuitous. I don't think it's, it's it is as important as us telling young people. Don't never let nobody tell you what level you're supposed to play on. If you lose, let it be because you showed up and got beat. Don't let nobody else beat you with, they, with their opinion. You know what I mean? And most of the people who have these opinions, you know, you got to, because the opinion is only as strong as the person that it's coming from. Uh, and I think there's a lot of people who were kind of like, weren't even from the culture of trap music, or weren't even from the culture of this generation, of my generation, I mean. Speaking on it as though they, you know what I'm saying, as though they had so much intel. And speaking on me like they knew it, you know what I mean? If you if you don't, if you ain't never even heard of T.I., you know, I heard people say something like, who's ever heard, who's ever said put on that T.I.? Come on. Do it, baby. Stick it, baby. The bitch that had you. The bitch that thought enough of you to have you. This is great. This is the one. And the and the that thought enough of her to dinner. That is who said, "Let's play some Ti." And I think they only feel that way because you know what I'm saying. In their young lives, like what have I done aside from you know film and television and and social activism? What have I done? What have I given them? You know what I'm saying to actually bring them up to speed of who I am and what I do. So I think that's kind of what nudged me to say. Anytime to make another contribution. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't think Paper Trail was that long ago, though, for people to act oh, like they... it was definitely that long ago. It was definitely that long ago. Just think about it. What was Paper Trail? 15 years ago. No, man. Paper Trail? It was, 12. it was 10, 12, something like that. Yeah. It was 2008. It was 12 years ago. God damn time be flying. So think about it. If, you tw- if, you, if you're 20 years old right now, Paper Trail, you were 8 years old. You yeah, yeah, yeah. Decide what music you could listen to on your own. Right. Yeah. yeah All right, we got more with T.I. When we come back, let's get into his joint. It's called Ring featuring Young Thug. It's the Breakfast Club. All right, all right. That was Ring T.I. featuring Young Thug. Now we're kicking it with T.I. Charlemagne? You, you tapped in with all the youngins for this project, too. You got Lil Baby and Thug and 42 Doug. You got Rhapsody on the interlude, Tokyo Jets. Yeah. Was that intentional? Lil Baby record hard, too. Yeah, appreciate that, man. Yeah, I mean... Some of it was and some of it wasn't. So the part where you're talking about, like, you know, Thugger and, and Lil Baby and 42 Doug, you know, and Mozzie, yes, that was intentional. Uh, Rhapsody, we just stumbled on that. I reached out to him, just gave a cold call one day, like, hey, if you were to do some spoken word about me, yes. what would it sound like? What would you say? So then she asked me a few questions about the title of the album, and she asked me, you know, to hear some songs. I sent her a couple songs, and overnight she did what she heard. Wow! You know, and then as I heard her, that's when I was like, you know what? I'm gonna get all women to do this. 
You know what I mean? You got Dejan there too doing the conclusion. Yeah. That was the huge. That was the biggest. That was the biggest shock and surprise of my life. I never expected Dejan to do that. Really? And I was blown away. That's, that got to be a proud papping moment. Ah man, just to, <laughs> I mean, for real, bro. Like for one, okay, so Deja and I have, you know, uh, for most of her life. How can I say this? Uh, and I'm very careful with my words, especially when speaking about Deja. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, um, when she came into that point in her life where, you know, kind of. The transition phase in your life when that thing that girls do every month happens. When we get our period. I ain't see, I wasn't gonna say that. You dig what I'm saying? I wasn't gonna say that. But when you like, so when Deja made it to that point in her life, from that point forward, we kind of hadn't spoken as much. I ain't had, we didn't have as much of an ability to, you know, to speak freely to one another uh, for whatever reason. And, you know, over the past year, we, we gained, we, we got close, and this is kind of like a testament of that, you know what I'm saying? And especially with all of the stuff that we've gone through over the past year, um, you know, with Heimengate and all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> every relationship will be tested. Mm-hmm. I don't care who is with your relationship with your mom, relationship with your girl, with your wife, with your, whoever, every relationship, uh, it will be tested. And, and that test is going to strengthen it or weaken it. And I think the thing that, that, that she and I went through last year, uh, that was our test. You did. And we took the necessary steps, you know, and we, and we got through it. She and I always remained connected. You know what I mean? She and I always had an understanding. You know, I, we were speaking. We would, you know, share, share our opinions with each other about what was going on, like, in the media as it pertained to that. Uh, and you know, she always told me, man, it ain't our, it ain't our job to really talk to nobody and tell them what we feel about anything. That ain't our job. That's what they think. That don't think it. So what? You know, I was like, yeah, all right, man, cool. Uh, and this, and getting to this point where she actually chose to speak and make reference to the, the things that we were going through, that we have gone through. As a moment of reflection, it kind of like, damn, we made it. You know what I'm saying? Is that um, a, was it a hard episode for you to watch? Because I ain't gonna lie, I teared up a little bit when I was watching that episode on TV when y'all was kind of going through it. Because it made me think about my relationship with my own father. So was that hard for you to watch? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that it was hard to go through, and I think that the time elapsed between when we went through it and when it aired, it was like a six, eight month time period. So it was all, it, it was all but over with for us. And here comes family hustle, mm-hmm. stirring the pot, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> and brought it back up. But I mean, you know what I'm saying. I think at the end of the day, man, the value of it, the value of the episode is. It documents a moment that helps others who may find themselves in similar positions to help them make it through. You know, the, be- the best part about y'all's situation, man, you know, even me having three daughters, is just when you see your kids get older and they so grounded, man. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they just got good old-fashioned common sense. Like, even when Damani said on, on Family Connect, he said, tell them stop asking all them questions. The answer's in my songs. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? Place the pen in my left hand and watch me write my right. Like he just, they just got good old fashioned common sense. 
I got lucky, bro. I came <laughs> there. <laughs> I got lucky, my man. I, I don't know how all of my kids became so, except King, became so humble. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? King, man. You know, what's King doing? King got the tip. He got the little badass tip jeans. You mm. know what I'm saying? He got that part of me that doesn't adequately uh, equate danger. So Messiah and Jemani, they look a lot like me. You know what I'm saying? Whereas King acts a lot like me. <laughs> so if I were to do a movie uh, or a film, or actually I'm, I'm writing uh, a series about um, young tip, teenage tip, how it led up to me becoming T.I. And King kind of, you know, he, he, he captures the essence of who I was at that moment in my life and that scares me well, <laughs> well T.I. we appreciate you for checking in the album is out right. right now it's the breakfast yes, club yes sir the breakfast club everybody it's DJ NV Angela Yee Charlamagne the guy we are the breakfast club let's get to the rumors hold on before we do let me shout out to the general insurance they want to pay your bills Run $1,000 towards your expenses thanks to our partner, The General. Get a lot for a little at The General Insurance. For coverage you deserve at prices you can afford, visit thegeneral.com today. Now let's get to the rumors. Let's talk T.I. Listen up. It's just in. All the gossip. Gossip. The rumor report. Gossip. With Angela. Angela Yee. It's the rumor report. The Breakfast Club. Well, there's been some controversy because of a song on T.I.'s album, The Libra, the song we did a big featuring John Legend. Now, in that song, T.I. is reminiscing about friends that have passed away. One of them is Terrence Cap Beasley. Uh, Terrence Cap Beasley was killed in an altercation uh, in jail. And I guess, uh, you know, this has been a longstanding rumor that he urinated on Drake in a movie theater. This was during a screening for the movie Takers back in 2010. Well, here is the part of that song, We Did It Big. So much I can say about my yeah. Life as I know it, it started that day. I put up with you, total your deuce in the quarter. You say I will win in the race, though. Fifth a hint to the face, if fulfill on your waist. Caught a body, spend millions of pills in your case while I'm fighting my own. Somehow I got you home, so drunk in LA, end up pissing on Drake. That's still my brother since back in the trap. All we had was each other. No fathers, no mothers, just us and hustle. Runaway team, chasing our dream. In poverty, serving these junkies and fiends. Looking back, though, it wasn't as bad as it seemed. We was a team. Drop on the clues bombs for uh, We Did It Big. Great record. Great record. That's a memorial to uh, Falant Johnson and Cap. Um, and the context is very important. Uh, he was super drunk. Cap when he did that to Drake. It's not like he just walked up to Drake and whipped out and started urinating. But that's him. what it sounds like. No, T.I. said at the line before, you so drunk you ended up peeing on Drake. Yeah, but the way you sounded make it seem like, oh, okay, but you know, you could be drunk and just peed on That's It's not how he was drunk. You so drunk. That's common sense. You so drunk you ended up peeing on Drake. You don't know what you're doing. Like, I've seen, I've seen people pissy drunk peeing anyway. Well, allegedly they're saying that Drake unfollowed T.I. after this. Oh I don't know if God. he was following him and then unfollowed him, but you know how they always look and see who's following who? Mm-hmm. So that's the allegation. Yeah, I don't know if yeah, that's how, true. How, how do we know Drake and T.I. was ever even following each other? And I doubt... Well, T.I. follows him. You can look in somebody's friends to see who they're following. You can. Yes. What I'm saying, how do we know Drake ever followed him is what I'm saying. That's we, what I'm saying. We don't, we don't know. know. That's true. That's what the rumor is. Yeah, hey, I refuse to believe that's why it's the rumor report. beige skin is... Uh, Drake's beige skin is that thin. I refuse to believe that. Oh, stop it. 
All right, now J-Lo is facing some criticism, and that's for calling herself uh, Negrita in a song. Listen to this. Okay, explain to me. I don't speak Spanish. Now, Negrita means like a black girl. So I had to defer to Dramos, who's Puerto Rican. Mm -hmm. Now, Dramos, because I saw a lot of people discussing this. And, you know, when you translate it, Negrita means black girl. But I know sometimes in, you know, different languages, it could have different meanings. And I saw some people who are Hispanic saying, well, it could mean that or it could mean something else. It could just be like kind of slang and she didn't mean anything from it. So, Dramos, I'm deferring to you as the Puerto Rican in the room. Yeah, I mean, it, if you take it literally, it means, like, black girl, but it's slang. Like, it could be used as a term of endearment, like, sweetheart or darling. Like, my dad will call my mom negrita sometimes. It's just, like, a, a slang terminology. Why don't you ask me? Why you ask him? Are you now admitting Shut you're up. Latino for the first so time? So, listen, Drum. <laughs> I always hear Drum refer to himself as hombre blanco or something like that. I never said what that. I've that? never said what is that. Me? What is what hombre? Is first of all, the word would be hombre, hombre? not hombre, because they don't pronounce mean? the H in Spanish. What is hombre? What that that mean? means white man, but I've never called myself that before. What? what? Oh, shut up. Drum I've lie. heard him call himself. I hear you say that all the time. I don't know what it means. I've heard him call himself a blanquito. I've heard him say that all the time. What the hell is wrong with you? Hombre blanco. Wow. You guys just get up in the morning thinking, like, what kind of crazy thing you try to put on me? I don't even speak Spanish. How would I know that? Bro. I only know because I hear you say it. You'd be like, I'm hombre blanco. I never hombre said that blanco. ever a day in my entire life. Mm-hmm. All right, but anyway, I just wanted to wow. clear that up with that song because guys. we were trying to figure out what does it. People were very angry about it, but it is a slang word. It could just mean darling, and she could have meant that that way, right? I, I don't know anymore. I didn't hear Drum call himself Ombre Blanco. I've never said that a day in my life. I don't know where you get this from. Crazy. This is crazy. All right, this and, is just crazy. To close, and just to close out the rumors, we got to talk about Kanye. Issa Rae said F Kanye during a skit on SNL. Listen to this. Why don't we take a break? When we come back, we'll talk about the presidential race between Donald Trump, Joe Biden, and Kanye West. Kanye, F him. Well, Kanye did not like that, and he posted on Twitter, I've always said SNL uses black people to hold other black people back. My heart goes out to Issa Rae. I'm praying for her and her family. I know that the 20 years of service that I've paid in the entertainment field has furthered our ability to be more successful. And then he posted a Google search of Issa Rae as well. And in the meantime, he also says he wants to be a guest on the Joe Rogan Experience. Looks like it might be happening. He posted a photo of him uh, doing a video chat with Joe Rogan. And he said, Joe Rogan said it's cool for me to design the set for our podcast this Friday. And uh, he also put out a snippet of a song he has with the baby. Don't you hate when Kanye so, news. Don't you hate when somebody says they always say something you've never heard. He was on say. SNL. <laughs> <laughs> then why did he go on it? He said, I've always said SNL uses black people to hold other black people back. Never he, heard that before. He's been on this he's been on there at least seven times. The last time Ye was on there, yeah, I how remember... how come he did not do it then, Exactly. Right? I remember the last time Ye was uh, on there was like 2018 when he did that whole pro-Trump rant. And if I'm not mistaken, he was supposed to be on with Chris Rock a couple weeks ago, but because he's running for president, that that put a wrench in it. I guess they got to give equal time to I don't other know. presidential candidates or something like that. I don't freaking know. But it's like... Yeah, I've never heard him say they always use black people to hold other black people back. You've done yeah, that show like time six, seven times. <laughs> Jesus. All right, well, that is your rumor report. And just to put it out there, Adele Perra will also be on SNL next week. All right. 
All right. Now, when we come back, shout to Revolt. We'll see you tomorrow. The People's Choice Mix is up next. And shout to iHeart. What iHeart is doing, and of course, homecoming season is ruined because of COVID-19. So iHeart is teaming up with some of the best uh, HBCUs, and we're doing homecoming celebrations dedicated to black excellence in HBCUs. All right. Now, now that includes alumni and students. So there's going to be a bunch of things, performances, panels, entertainment, and a lot more. So just keep it locked, and shout out to the partners, ULTA Beauty and McDonald's, all right? It's Ulta. It's Ulta Beauty? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I wouldn't know. All right. <laughs> You're beautiful. All right, thank you so much. All right, the People's Choice Mix is up next. Let's go. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. What's up, it's Angela Yee, and I'm proud to be hosting Black Entrepreneurs Day. Join me for a celebration of black businesses, including musical performances by Chance the Rapper and Questlove, and game-changer conversations presented by The General Insurance. It's all going down October 24th at 7 p.m. Eastern on Facebook Watch. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, earlier today, I made an announcement for my car show. Now, this year, we were supposed to do a car show in Houston, in Detroit, in Atlanta, and New York, New Jersey area. But, of course, because of COVID, we had to cancel all of them. It sucked because we had about over 30,000 people attending all those uh, car shows, and we had to send everybody back their money and everything with the venues. It, it was crazy. So what we decided to do, I've been working on it all summer, is to do a virtual interactive car show where it's going to be like a car show where you can actually, instead of walking in the building, you go through with your phone. So you can go in the building with your phone. You can go to each car. You can go inside the car. You can spin around. Uh, you can actually click videos and see people talking about the cars, whether celebrities, me, or people that actually own the cars. It's pretty dope. It's uh, about 80 to 100 cars to click. There's old school cars, new cars. Exotic cars, celebrity cars, just regular cars. It's it's a lot, and it's going to be very, very dope. So that happens November 28th. So we're doing Thanksgiving Thursday, Black Friday, and then my car show. Now, tickets are on sale right now. We do an early bird special. It's $9.99, $9.99. I think the first 1,000 tickets or something like that. So get your tickets in. I can't wait for you guys to check it out. We've been working on it all summer along. All right. Now, when we come back, we got the positive note. So don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. And listen, now we, we got a shout to. We got yeah, we got to salute some of our favorite people who pulled up today on the Zoom. Mm-hmm. Uh, my man T.I.P. T.I. You know he's got the new album Libra out right now. Fantastic album. You know what I mean if you're a T.I. fan, T.I. has finally uh, found the way to balance everything. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like yep. all the different elements that make up T.I. He's found a way to bring it all together on this album. Fatherhood, XD boy, businessman, you know, uh, activist, everything. So I, I think it's a great album. And saluted to Roger P. Henson and um, Tracy J. Jenkins and uh, Jay Barnett for zooming in today to uh, have a great conversation about why we all should be mentally healthy, why we Absolutely. should be investing in our mental wealth. So salute to all of those fine folks for pulling up today. All right. 
Well, it's time to get up out of here. You got a positive note? I do, man. And it comes from the late, great Steve Jobs. And this is something that we all should, you know, implement in our lives, especially because of social media. Social media be dictating the way people think. But your time is limited. So don't waste it living someone else's life. Don't be trapped by dogma, which is living with the results of other people's thinking. Breakfast club, bitches! We all finished or y'all done?